This is Erica. This is Ellen. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. I'm so excited this week to have you, Ellen and Tyler, in the podcast studio with us here in Allentown. I have just enjoyed having you guys here so far, getting a taste of Holy District Allentown. And now I'm looking forward to introducing you, the listener, to Ellen and Tyler officially so we can learn a little bit more about their story. We will learn about them, about their context where Ellen is planting in State College, Pennsylvania, and Ellen's journey into the Holy District and some things that she's already got cooking up for us. So glad you're listening with us today. Let's jump in. Okay, so Tyler, Ellen, you guys are in State College. Ellen, you have just onboarded as our community pastor. We're anticipating some kind of something happening in State College, but you are not from State College originally. So do you mind starting off our episode, just kind of sharing your story? How did you end up there? Uh, Whatever feels pertinent for our listeners to know about you guys and your journey together to State College. Yeah, I guess I can start. Yeah. Um, So me and Ellen dated for like three, four years. Um, kind of went through some premarital counseling before we were even engaged, but eventually um, we got engaged July 2021, and uh, I was still in school, but Ellen was uh, getting finished up that December, and yeah, she, we got engaged, and I was finishing up school, and I was looking for a job in the area, or like, we thought we were going to live in Lancaster, so I was kind of like looking for jobs in the area. Um had like so many interviews. I probably had like 30 different interviews. Um, yeah, like went to Allentown actually for one of them. No way. Uh, yeah. Who do I need to be? Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, we went New Jersey. I mean, everywhere. Um, eventually, State College had a job fair because I went to Penn State Harrisburg. Um, they had a job fair and um, Phil, uh, the company worked for Phillips. Um, they, they had a little stand and they sent me an email saying if I want to interview. And at that point, I had like seven. So I was like, no. <laughs> and um I, I didn't I didn't I didn't respond to them and so eventually like after I didn't get to hear anything back I got an email like a month later it was like hey like we're still interested in you I was like yes please I don't have a job I'm getting married to this woman who I don't have money to pay for a wedding or for you know stability and um yeah so I had the interview got the job um actually in April of 2022 so it's been like about a year since I've known um, where I was going to work um and so I told Ellen the news and yeah, Ellen, uh, you can tell them how you how you felt about you know like, hey, Ellen, I got this job or I got this job offer in Penn State. What, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I got that call when I was on a weekend trip with my mom at our family's cabin, and Tyler was like, I got the job offer, and I was like, Wow, that's so great! Because <laughs> I was like, What am I gonna do in State College? Mm. So um, I was so excited because we were, um, yeah, we were just praying so much about landing somewhere and about uh, yeah we were praying so much about that and then just finally getting an answer was such a relief but at the same time it was so it was an unexpected place and so um I was wondering what am I going to do everything I've built up is in Massachusetts where I went to school or not that we were looking at Massachusetts but everything was either there or in Lancaster um and surrounding and I knew pretty much nothing about state college so 
And I think, Ellen, that's around the time that you and I really started to connect, if I remember. I remember having a conversation with you at yeah. Crave Cafe. Yeah. And it was maybe just a little bit before yeah. Tyler had actually land like landed this job. And you were yeah. in the season where you're like, ah, you were doing an in you had done an internship, you were thinking about your future, you're anticipating your wedding. Yeah. And just nothing it was like everything was in, yeah. up in the air. There was not a single thing in your guys' life that you were like envisioning together yeah. that was solid. Yeah. Other it, than our like wedding date. Yes. We were getting married in July. Where we were gonna be, what we were gonna do, who we were gonna be with was all up in the air. <laughs> yes, yeah. And for those of you who are not from Pennsylvania originally, Lancaster is probably what you think Lancaster, Pennsylvania is, <laughs> but it truly is Lancaster. That's yeah. the right way to say it if, yeah. if you talk to the locals. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> wow. So it was uh, uh, it was happy news that you got your job, Tyler, but it was also maybe a little bit unsettling or disorienting because yeah. you you weren't sure how to envision yourself in state college. Yeah. Tyler was going to have a job. That brings a little bit of identity. That brings a little bit of purpose mm -hmm. when you have a job. It's not It's not <laughs> everything. Mm -hmm. But that was something that, you know, was kind of still open-ended for you at that point in time. Yeah, it really was. And, um, and it was hard to even share that with other people. Like, hey, we're moving. Because even other people knew that we were trying to find something for Tyler in Lancaster. Um, and so it was just hard to share that with, with our friends who were hoping we'd stay in the area. We had other friends getting married that summer and just thought that we were all going to be together. And then we were, I mean, okay. State college is not that far from Lancaster. No, <laughs> How far is it? It's actually? only about two hours. Okay. But um, yeah, that's all on the same road pretty much. Um, but for people that are, uh, oftentimes people that are in Lancaster, uh, we like our home and we like to stay there. And so this was for Tyler's first time moving out of the area. Um, so that was a whole new experience anyway, uh, was asking him to move. And so, yeah, it was kind of a surprise for a lot of people. Yeah. Including ourselves. <laughs> Tyler, do you, is there something? Yeah. Like I remember when I first told Ellen, I was like, I got this job. It's, it's not technically like right in state college. We could like live halfway in between mm. state college and Lancaster. If that would make you happy, Ellen. Um, you know, I was like, <laughs> I just want you to be happy, Ellen. <laughs> Please don't marry me, Ellen. Please come with me. <laughs> yeah. So there was definitely a conversation. And then uh, like after Ellen thought about it, she's like, we could move to state college. I was like, Oh, like I didn't even think you yeah, were that's thinking true. that. When we first when you first talked about the job offer, it wasn't like, oh, we're moving to State College. It was, oh, we're moving to the middle of nowhere. somewhere between Lancaster and State College, nowhere. He was open to that. Yeah. Now, and he's <laughs> open to that possibility. Yes. Um, and I was like, I don't know that that is kind of the space that I want to be in. And so my mom had told me while we were at the cabin, she had told me, well, what if you moved to State College and did campus ministry? And I was like, OK. I stopped crying. I was like, OK, yeah, <laughs> I, could, I could maybe do that. That could be cool. Um, I've been in campus, not I not I had been in campus ministry, but my dad and my family had served in campus ministry my whole life. So I was like, wow, this is kind of ironic that I just can't leave this. It's just it's just going to happen. We're just going to do it. And Tyler had been in campus ministry um, during college. So it just felt like, okay, it felt more natural. It felt like something we could work toward or start exploring. And that's when I started reaching out to different campus ministries at um, – University Park, 
Um, that's not where I ended up, but <laughs> but it's all part of the process. Yeah, so this feels like a really easy place to then kind of hone in on your journey. So Ellen, I would love for you to share with everyone listening what brought you then from Lincoln to State College and the State College into saying yes to being a Holy District community pastor? It's such a good question. <laughs> it's such a good thing to reflect on. Um, I was interested in doing campus ministry. Um, it was something – we were recent college grads, so we were very much like, yeah, we'll make friends with college students. That sounds about right for us right now. Um, so we knew we already wanted friends that were that age, um, so it just felt like it would fit um, there are a lot of campus ministries at University Park with um, lots of resources, um, teams. Uh, they've just got people coming in from all over to minister to this campus. Um, they reach hundreds, if not thousands, of students. Um, there are thousands more students as well. Um, it's a big, big campus. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how, like, what, how many students are there at Penn State? Yeah, we're not experts, but we generally say there's 40,000 students. Um, I kind of, yeah, we're not experts, so maybe Google that. (laughs) (laughs) Fact check. Um, But it's at least a couple ten thousands, um, which is the opposite of both of our college experiences. We went to schools with less than 10,000. And so I started uh, researching ministries, and I started even talking to some of them. But I felt strongly that I wanted to be on a team that embraced fully um, that I was a woman and I was interested in using my teaching, um, my teaching gifts that I explored in my internships and in college. And I just wanted the full, um, full imagination of the team to just uh, do whatever any of us felt called to do um, in whatever capacity of leadership we felt called to do that in. And I didn't feel that I was finding a team that I felt confident that that um, imaginative space was being held Mm. in a way that I was willing to share it um, and the way that I was looking for it. And that was when I started to call Erica (laughs) and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like these are this is the reason that I agreed to come here was that I my mom and God (laughs) combination. Mom and God. Uh, Those two often are. (laughs) They're not the same, but there's a good combo. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Had come up with this idea of campus ministry. Um, We had felt affirmed in it. And then I was just hitting these brick walls of like. I just can't I just can't get over it. Like I just I want to feel that this that whatever I'm stepping into is um going to do whatever we feel God wants us to do. Um and and that's not saying that those ministries aren't doing that. They are. Um they truly are and they're reaching lots of lots of students in lots of different ways. Um but my imagination was at a slightly different place. And so I started calling Erica just about every week (laughs) and working through that um, discernment process, which involved always an open invitation to, well, what about Holy District? And I was like, I just, I don't know, like, am I cut out to do something new? I don't know. Like, what if, what if I, yeah, just lots of questions about and doubts and insecurities coming up and um, really processing those together 
each hour once a week <laughs> for a couple months um, and talking to other people, um, talking to Tyler. Tyler would hear me just about every week kind of break down and just be <laughs> like, what are we doing? What am I doing? What am I supposed to do? Um, so if anyone's in that space, I totally feel that. And um, that does you are you're not alone. And yeah. God's God's right there. Um but it is real. It is real. And what I love about the way that you're sharing right now, Ellen, is you're naming that you had this heightened sense that you wanted more. You wanted to be, um, you want to embrace your calling in its fullness as a woman, as your whole self, as your imaginative, creative self. And it was clear to you that the avenue wasn't there, mm-hmm. but then there was an avenue, but that was so scary and it had so my so many fears and questions and doubts that it just wasn't like an obvious like, well, duh, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And I think that's such a powerful thing to just bear witness to that even as we're discovering areas in ourselves and our and our development where we start to yearn for something different or more or more complete or whatever it may be it still feels really terrifying just because we want something doesn't mean we're not also afraid of it at Mm -hmm. the same time. And that was a really meaningful, and I'm still, you're probably, I'm, I'm guessing you're still probably in that process even now, (laughs) even after you've said yes. All right, Tyler, you just chuckled. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts about this? Like as her partners, this is like the early, you know, first part of your marriage and she's going through this. What was that like for you? Or, you know, how is it for you to be her PIC um, a long partner in crime along this uh, set. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was partner in Christ, but you know, partner in crime. Yes, partner in Christ. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely me and Ellen have had countless conversations about, you know, kind of different things she's been processing through and, um, yeah, you know, kind of our, both of our own, um, like journeys in moving to state college and, and what God wants us to do and, and where God wants us to place us and how we should use our gifts um, and so definitely like got to be alongside her for that. Um, yeah, definitely have, have tried different things, not necessarily tried different things, but we've been able to like read together, read different books and, um, try different routines and rhythms together, um, to try to get us just like, yeah, have some solid ground. Cause yeah, we just kind of moved to the area and, you know, trying to get community and, and friends and, um, but really, it's like, you know, if you want someone that knows you more than a year, like, you know, we're kind of all we got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys are everything is new for you. So it's not so just like you're considering do this, doing this new thing. You're newly married. You're in a new environment. You're you're in a new job, Tyler. And so, yeah, this isn't like one little shift. This is yeah. navigating about 10 different life shifts all at one time. And then also thinking, oh, yeah, and I think I'm going to become a church planter while I'm at it. <laughs> yeah. So take us from there, like from the the un, uncertainty to your de- your decision to say yes, which does not negate that there might still be uncertainty yeah. lingering in some areas. Yeah. Um, so from October to about February, I called Erica once a week, <laughs> at least, <laughs> and um, processed different things I was observing about our new place um, and the kinds of people we were meeting and the kinds of things we were feeling drawn to um, and the kinds of insecurities that I was um, coming face to face with. And then um, Erica had told me in February, beginning of February, 
I should journal about what I was afraid about. And I was too afraid to do that. So I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I was, uh, Tyler and I are part of a small group at a church. And um, in that small group, our leader, shout out to Mark, um, <laughs> he had told us uh, or had encouraged us to share what we were afraid about. And I was like, oh, man, that's what Erica asked me to do. And so the next morning, I after small group, I got up and started journaling about what I was afraid about. And afraid of in terms of joining Holy District or accepting calling. And as I was writing these things out, um, I just immediately had like answers as to why those things were um, only partially the truth and they were lie or they were lies. Um, and I had to stop writing about what I was afraid about because I wanted to remember what I was hearing. Mm. And so I just started to move towards writing those affirmations and writing truth. And I wrote I don't know, like three pages then um, of just like, oh my gosh, like this is real. And that and that was the question that just kept coming up for me that in that journaling experience was, is this real? And uh, I'm at my house by myself during the day. And so I just started yelling <laughs> in the living room. I was like, this is, is this real, God? Like, is this seriously real? Like, is this really happening? Um, like, are you really asking me and or are you really affirming that this is the point where I get to say yes? Um, and so that journal entry is full of just all caps. Is this real? Um, lots of exclamation points and question marks. I love that. Do you have you had a chance to reflect on why it is that believing that this could really be real, that this could be happening, that right now, as you are, who you are, how old you are, your gender, you know, all of those things. Do you have a sense of like what makes that what made that feel so incredible to you or unbelievable to you? No, I haven't thought about that. I sprung that on you. That was <laughs> no, against love the our question. agreement. <laughs> Before the I love the question, though. Because um, me, like, and I bet Tyler's, is, you know, similar. Like, I look at you and I'm like, why would she not believe that? You know, like, with all, with your gifts, with your, just, you just ooze. You just ooze this sense of, like, call and purpose. And um, it feels so apparent to me. It feels apparent to everyone that, I know in the BIC, they're like, <laughs> they're like so happy that we snagged you. Honestly, people are just like coming out of the woodwork. Like we thought we had lost Ellen forever, you know, whenever. <laughs> and um, so it's something that feels so apparent to everyone who meets you. And yet for you, you were like, are you sure? Is this real? So that yeah. that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I will say that I... Um, I do have a pretty loud inner critic, um, mm. if anyone's a fan of that. We're going Enneagram. I'm going Enneagram. <laughs> Enneagram 1. <laughs> Tyler, do you like the Enneagram or is it something you tolerate? Um, <laughs> I do question. I do appreciate it. Ellen's like really, really into it. And so like sometimes like I'll just kind of feed off her energy in that way. It's not like like I'm like super, super into it. But like sometimes like if something's like an obvious like, oh, Ellen, that's your one coming out like right there. <laughs> or like if I do something and Ellen's like rolls her eyes, I'm like, it's because I'm a seven, Ellen. I can't control it. <laughs> yeah, sevenness. So it gives like you're not nerding out on it, but it gives helpful yeah. language and you, you can appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. OK, cool. Sorry. Oh, so no, you're. No. So your inner critic. Yeah. And it, yeah, it beats me up and I let it beat me up. Um, and um, that, that has led to a journey of um, 
working through anxiety, um, either in counseling or just um, in spiritually. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes I think about that. That's that might be one of those things that I'll always have to. Um, I'll always have to come up against, but, um, yeah, it, it is, it can be crippling and, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, anyone that has an experience with some kind of, um, mental challenge, uh, yeah, it can be crippling and it can keep you from seeing what is good and true and beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is so obvious to other people. Um, and I think I also have, um, I had some fears about like, what if, um, what if other people see me as like just trying to do something new and trendy Mm -hmm. or like, I just didn't want to, um, I care. I do care what people think about me and, um, me too, by the way, (laughs) more than I, more than I, yeah, we're always not willing to admit it as much as, as much as we really do care. Like I do care what people, how people view, um, what is going on. And I didn't, I was like, how are people going to respond to us, attending a church that is a couple years old church plant and then me saying I'm church planting like what does that mean and for all the people that we've come to be in relationship with like it's not that I thought that something was wrong it was just that I had such an imagination that was given to me by God and a vision for his kingdom in state college that looked in a different way and I just have the time and the energy and the the commitment to say yes that and I the want gifting to explore, and the gifting mm-hmm. <laughs> to want to explore that um and I can't just keep like there's not enough space for it like I just it just has to has to come out <laughs> it has to start to take form um not in a way that's just like explosive and fast but in a way that is slow and intentional um and I am willing to commit to that process and there is really isn't any other space right now that's willing to hold all of that except Holy District that I've found so far and mm. felt affirmed that Holy District was the right um, the right space to start that work in. You know, I'm thinking about your podcast from a couple weeks ago where you talked about abundance and mm-hmm. how God, you know, just has all this abundance. And what I'm hearing in your story is like shifting from a scarcity mindset even about ministry. Yeah. Um, because there's all this beautiful ministry happening on the college campus already and there's you know, you guys are benefiting from a church, uh, you know, recently planted church. And if we have a scarcity mindset, it can feel like, well, there's a pie and all of the slices are already taken. Yeah. And anything that I would do is just, you know, is that it's a critique or it's saying that this isn't good or this isn't beautiful or this isn't helpful. And that just has, you know, stretched and stretched and stretched to where you have, it's, it sounds like, come to a place where you say, I love that all this is going on and and God is working through all of these things that are already happening. And Mm -hmm. I also have this imagination that there could be more, that there could be more that could be happening. And that could, that more could reach people that maybe aren't compelled by the beauty that's here at this college ministry or that's here at this church, but the distinct beauty that God wants to bring into the world through your ministry and through the community building that you do, that there's enough, like there's enough need for good news in the world. There are enough people who are lonely and sick and uh, stressed and burdened and needing the good news of Jesus, needing to see a beautiful image of God and that it's not a competition. 
that mm-hmm. there there's enough work. Jesus said that the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. And so I love this process that you've gone through where it was almost like, oh, what are people going to think if there's one more laborer in the field? And that's not, it's not wrong because I think a lot of us have learned a scarcity mindset and we've learned a competition mindset in our yep. culture. It's a very competitive culture. It's a very, you know, each, every person for themselves kind of a thing. And, but I don't think that's actually the kingdom economy. I don't think that's the way that God works. And that's, that was a hard one. Uh, insight for you. That was weeks and weeks and months of prayer and discernment and courage and facing things. And, um, and you're going to continue to face that because you're go- You are just at the very beginning of your journey, but I love, I love kind of that, that process that you've been going through. Yeah. Yeah. The scarcity abundance mindset shift, um, it's totally like something that I'm continually working through. Cause mm-hmm. I think I often can I, I am often enough <laughs> in a scarcity mindset um, of thinking there isn't enough time. There isn't enough time is probably the biggest thing, but isn't enough money, isn't enough whatever. Um, and what I love is that God is constantly inviting me into um, ab- his abundance mm-hmm. that is limitless. And um, it's just there's just so much goodness. <laughs> There's so much goodness to be shared and there's so much goodness um, to know and and it just won't stop. Like we're just never going to fully know God's abundance or his beauty or his majesty. And that's a that's something that we can continue continually come to know. Um, and stepping into something like Holy District feels like a space where I can I can get to do that, too. Mm. Not just the people that we will be in community with, but also that even just me. I'm invited to do that. Yeah. So Tyler, I want to kick it back to you for a minute. What have you learned so far about state college and what, what's the potential that you see? I know like you're a very, I think you're a very <laughs> evangelistic person. I think you've got, a, you know, I know you've got a huge heart for people to come to know Jesus and you guys are committed. You know, you're in state college. You want to be kingdom people in that environment. So what have, what have you been learning about your environment, whether it's where you work or your neighborhood and how is that fueling your kingdom imagination for how to be like a Jesus person, a sent person and state college? Yeah, um, I did college ministry um, at Penn State Harrisburg when I was in college. And so uh, definitely there's a different um, different culture at Penn State main campus. At, at Harrisburg is more of a commuter campus where people were like, uh, you know, I just need to do something. Um, you know, I want to have community. I'm in state college. There are just so many people um, and it just feels like kind of whoever you kind of bump into and, and kind of um, work well together with or have classes or similar interests with, like you kind of just form this group and inside of this city town, um, <laughs> you kind of just kind of live your life. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people that that want community, um, but just kind of see this disconnect between this like super organized school um, and like, how do we be part of it? And so, like things like Thon, like everyone just kind of rallies against, uh, rallies with, because um, you know it's kind of bringing everyone together on a Penn State football. Everyone loves Penn State football. People come from different countries just to come for the football <laughs> weekends. Um, we've heard yeah. that from from friends. And so there's this, there's this wanting to be to belong. Um, and then there's this, I think, different aspect where like there's the students, and then there's the people that live there. And, and I've heard like there's 
like definitely they they get along you know the people that live there all year round you know they get along with the students but there's kind of this somewhat disconnect sometimes where it's like you know like there's the students and then there's the people that are like you know like all oh, these kids are rowdy and you know just like to to party or whatever um and so yeah definitely being on a thought of like oh is there a way to like kind of join these two together um um, maybe we keep it separate. You know, there's there's different questions that we're just not so sure about, but definitely we're sure that that people um, are longing for to be connected to something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've maybe some of them found that at Penn State, um, and they really connect with that. Um, but maybe some of them have like I definitely feel like they're like I'm, I'm here at Penn State. I'm a part of this big community, but I still feel alone. Um, and so I think tapping into that. Um, could be really cool and yeah just going around and, and making relationships kind of the way that yeah they already are making them now mm-hmm. one thing that we have so loved about our experience here in allentown is that the feedback that we get from people is that they were lonely and now they're not lonely anymore mm-hmm. um our our perception of the block where we do our gatherings was that everyone knew each other and that kind of we were the outsiders But very quickly, we were welcomed in, and then we started having our community gatherings, and we just assumed, like, yeah, they were hanging out before, but now they're they're just kind of hanging out here, and they're allowing us to be a part of it, which felt like a huge gift. But what we've learned over the last year and a half, two years, is actually they weren't hanging out before. They didn't know each other before. They maybe saw each other, but everyone self-reports to us that they were just kind of doing their own thing, living their own life doing what they got to do and they felt really lonely and now there's this like a growing sense of camaraderie and connection and community that they all didn't even know that they were missing in in some regard and what might be a little bit different about your context as you're describing it Tyler is college students do kind of have this like built-in infrastructure for community. You know, you're in dorms, you're a part of teams, you're in class. There are all these things that are throwing you together with uh, based on affinity or proximity. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but I have experienced in my life, the older that I get, the less accidental relationships become. Um, and the more intentional you have to be about it or else you just don't have friends. And so where did we've discovered like, oh my gosh, that's such a, we knew that it was a need, but we didn't realize how deep of a need it really was and how simple it could be to just create that glue that helps people stick together a little bit more. So I, yeah, I'm really curious to see how things unfold. And our, our community is um, more like Gen X and older, the, uh, the majority. And so you guys are hanging with Gen Z we are Gen Z. And you are yeah, Gen, we are Z. Gen Z. And so I, I'm always curious about how different are we all really? Yeah. Um, and how similar are we all really? And I think there's, you know, things to be said on both sides. But yeah, you guys are contending with other factors that increase loneliness. I mean, the mental health crisis, there are all these things that are kind of coming at Gen Z. Um, you guys have grown up through and in and, and are going to be serving alongside Probably people that are in more of the age group of Holy District, Allentown, in your neighborhood, I think. Mm -hmm. And then you've got um, Gen Z on campus. That's really interesting. I'm so fascinated to see how it unfolds. Yeah, it is really interesting. Yeah, what would you add, Ellen? Um, I would add that I think 
one thing that excites me is that to have such an amount of young people in the area, um, every place I've lived, like when I went to the grocery store, it was so rare that I saw like some other college age person or something. And now I go to the grocery store and at least half of them, if not more, look like our age because mm-hmm. <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, and so it's it's just a different and that but that's only nine months of the year. Then we've we've never been there all of summer. We actually arrived just before students the week before. Um, so we've only known State College with the student population, but the population will cut in half over the summer. Um and it, it, I think, is going to feel different. I don't know. We will find out. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, but there's something about the energy that's in our community because of the, the doubling of the population with Gen Z um, that I am curious how that influences how we form community, especially if we do see a natural bridge between um, those that are residents of State College and those that are students in State College. If that bridge appears, I'm curious how that will look um, because of the um, the energy and the values of Gen Z. Mm-hmm. I think Gen Z has a lot to offer um, older generations. I think older generations have a lot to learn from Gen Z. And then also I think older generations have a lot to give too if we can actually just spend time with each other and, and honor each other rather than kind of slipping into what is so normative right now, which is, I mean, I'm a millennial. I'm the the <laughs> most hated generation um, of known times, but there's just so much judgment and there's mm-hmm. so much critique and criticism and, and some of it is valid, but most of the time it's like, oh man, like, no, we actually need each other. We, yeah. we can learn from each other. So let's, um, let's wrap up. I want everyone to know, Ellen, s- some of what you're going to be doing. You're in this discovery process. The early stages of Holy District is all about like this wide open, holy cow, God, I need you to tell me what to do. <laughs> I need you to introduce me people. I need you to show me where you want me to go. And so that's like a very slow, steady, scary, exciting place to be. Um, but in the meantime, while you're doing that discernment, you're going to be using your teaching gift in order to, uh, yeah, just offer your gifts to the Holy District Network. Do you want to share a little bit about what that is going to look like so people will know what to look forward to? Yes, I would love to invite everyone to join me. I'm thinking Thursday mornings um, will release or I will release a um, five to ten minute scripture meditation um, where you can find a quiet space in your on your Thursday or any other day of the week um, to come and just hear the word, um, soak in it, see what stands out to you, um, and reflect on where you are in your life and where you're seeing Jesus. And we will do that together. And I hope you will join me. Yeah. And just just to be clear, that podcast is going to continue. It's going to happen here on the Holy District podcast but she's going to release her episodes on a weekly basis on Thursday, we think. So be on the lookout uh, <laughs> next Thursday. Um, and then the our other communities will continue contributing podcasts on Sundays, maybe every Sunday, maybe less often now that we've got uh, we've got our high T teacher <laughs> um, in the mix, just throwing it down week to week and and giving all of us an opportunity not not to learn from someone who's telling us content, but actually to 
be guided, I think, through an opportunity to build our relationship with Jesus and meditate on the scripture. And yeah, and as you guys, as you participate in that, we would love to hear from you. I'm sure Ellen would love to hear from you. And we really hope that the podcast isn't like the ending point. We hope it's actually a part of this relationship building that we're doing in the network where we get to share something with you and then you have an opportunity to connect and then we can learn from you and we just keep this discipleship um, train going. So I'm really grateful for your gifts. I'm really grateful for the way that God wired you and that uh, the network is going to be able to to have you discipling us um, just through this five or 10 minute episode each week. Yeah, I'm excited and we'll be forming it together. Wee-hee. So <laughs> we're coming to the end of our podcast. Is there something just like, you know, just burning that you just wanted to say that I didn't ask you? Should I try to embarrass one of you or <laughs> no, I won't do that. Um, if Blake was here, I would embarrass him. But <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to share? Um, no, I think we covered like a lot just kind of, of different journeys and, and where we're thinking right now and, and what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of what that looks like at State College and what it could be and what it can be and yeah, like where do you push? Where do you like let God show you? It's it's a mm-hmm. it's a good questions to kind of ask. And it's like it do more, but let God do it. It's, sometimes that can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a good mix of both isn't isn't bad, I think. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to invite you listening to be praying regularly for State College, for Ellen and Tyler. And just for what God is up to in the Holy District, because to your point, Tyler, like we have our part and God has his part and we need to discern like what what is obedience look like and prayer. If you're not actively planting or on a team in the Holy District praying for all of us, but especially Ellen right now, she's getting started. Um, it it means everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, prayer has changed and made Holy District Allentown what we are today and will continue to be the most powerful thing that anyone can do to support us. So thank you. Um, thank you guys both for being on today. They made a trip to Allentown. They're hanging out with me this weekend. So I'm ex- so excited to have you all here and excited for the Holy District Network to get to hear from you more and more. So thanks so much for being on. Yeah. yeah thank thanks you. for having us. And thank you for listening in this week. I'm so grateful that you are a part of the Holy District and what God is up to through our community as it multiplies. If you would like to take a next step with us, we would love to hear from you. We're on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Rediscover Sacred. And now we've got Ellen on the team. So if you would love to talk with Brooke, or me, or Ellen, or one of our neighborhood pastors, Blake or Dan, just find us on our website, holydistrict.org. You can fill out a contact form and get in touch that way. I sincerely hope that you will check out Ellen's weekly meditation podcast, and we'll be coming back to you soon with some more who knows what uh, episodes as we continue to learn together in our Holy District communities. We'll talk to you next time.
The Holy District is a network of people who are dedicating their lives to grassroots, Jesus-centered community building. We're trying to rediscover the sacred and the everyday spaces where we already live, work, and play. And we're so grateful that you are along on the journey.